Coming to you from high above South First Street in hidden, clickable Minneapolis. This is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha LaCroix, and I too make nice games. For this week's episode, our topics are unlockables and point and clicks, a case study. And so, if everyone is ready, let's start. Steven, I said unlockables, but you actually put unlocks here. The D- same did thing. I screw it up? <laughs> no, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> They're like the same. I was like, well, whew, listener, we've been back for two weeks, but we just got back today. If yeah. you listen to our show about how we record these shows, you'll know why. So I still feel a little rusty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it takes a little bit to get back into the saddle, you know, but like, uh, this here. is the first round table episode of 2020. Yeah. And. <laughs> 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 We have a whole slate of fantastic topics for throughout the year for roundtables, which we've not come up with yet, but <laughs> they'll be here eventually. We'll, it'll we'll, be great. But if, Send uh, us your topics if you want to hear something. Yes, yeah. please do. The new feedback form is live. Yes. Nicegames.club slash feedback. Mm-hmm. Tell us what you want us to talk about and not just talk about what, what do you want us to look into? Uh, if you have questions about a particular thing and you haven't heard us talk about it before, you either want our take on it or you want someone to figure it out. Uh, we're here for you. So yeah. let us know. Yeah, for sure. Ooh, other things that are happening. Uh, GDC is coming up soon. Yeah, it's it's, like, it's coming up in about a month uh, yes. by the time this episode's out. Um, but uh, it still feels imminent. Yeah, it does. Right? Well, that's because a lot of people are talking. I mean, you got to plan that mess in advance because like it's so expensive to go. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> there's that. And yeah. the thing I learned last year, and I talked about this on previous shows, is uh-huh. that when I, I, I stopped going just for talks and I started going to do business right <laughs> and so um that's how you say it right yeah. it's, it's new to me um <laughs> so um you know I, I very late in the game of planning i, I started putting meetings together mm-hmm. and ultimately it led to some good results we'll talk about that in a minute actually but um this year i'm doing what you're supposed to do which is start planning start scheduling meetings yeah. as soon as possible uh-huh. and it is a very unofficial process mm-hmm. like uh, um gdc has these tools for to do meetings to you know to connect with other people this little website they put up but no one uses it there's no uh, like uh you know there's like a another uh company that makes a a, a website just for meeting in san francisco in yeah. the middle of march that you have to pay to join oh boy um it's not like it's super expensive and it can be kind of worth it and then there's another event which i went to last year as press uh so i didn't have to pay the exorbitant fee and i i got meetings that way and like it's all very, very weird. And but most people, the way you do it is you contact people on Twitter, you randomly email them, you go onto their a publisher website, you fill out their contact form, and that's how you get meetings at GDC. Which means you got to do it early because people schedule fill them. Right. So I've been doing a little bit of that. I've got a couple going, not nice. as many as I'd like so far. Okay. Um, I'm meeting with some people I met with already, so who remember me from last year. So that's cool. nice. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm now on step two of building relationships with, <laughs> with professional people. Yeah. It's very nice. I should I should get a tie or something. Um, <laughs> You said you had a lot of ties. I remember you telling me. I that. do. I do have a lot of ties <laughs> from when I was a assistant manager at a movie theater. Yeah. They're all in a box somewhere. Uh, okay. So the last piece of news here in, in the top of the show relates to the meetings I had last year at GDC. And I've talked about it on the show before, but that Widget Satchel is coming to Japan yeah. uh, as a Japanese publisher. And that release date is going to be in March. Oh. Uh, I don't know exactly the date in March okay. because it hasn't, there's some, there's some timeline stuff. But mm-hmm. um, I just got back from New York, as I talked about in last week's episode. Um, and so I, I still have all to answer all my emails from when <laughs> I was gone. Yeah. And some of them are related to getting the schedule finished for that. I have to, I'm making a, a, a patch update for Widget Satchel that I'll be releasing in, uh, for North America and Europe, but then that's the version that will go to Japan. Oh, sweet. Um, so there's some interesting logistics to that, actually, which I was n- not super excited about. I wish it was a little simpler than that mm. because ultimately it's the same build. Yeah, But right. because there's already been a couple of patches of the other versions, yeah. I have to submit, and Steven, you know about how patches work on mm. Switch. Yeah. I have to submit um, a patched build, whereas in Japan, I have to submit just the build. And so, oh, sure. And there's some metadata differences ultimately, yeah. which I was I, I was hoping to not have to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when I do a proper post mortem on the show, uh, I can get into more of those details. Yeah. But um, that's that's my immediate thing I have to do this week, mm-hmm. which will be done by the time you hear this. Um, but yeah, Widget Satchel is coming out in Japan. So that's if you're so a Japanese exciting. listener, um, you can go ahead and buy it. And if you're not, you can already buy it. Go buy it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And I wish none of my games have gone on 
released in Japan. So that is exciting. It's wait, ha- wait. Widget Satchel is one of my games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, hold up. <laughs> Until now. <laughs> well, we're all having a game released in Japan. Yeah, that's Everyone so at the cool. table. That is so exciting. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to do. We, I've talked about on the show before, so I won't get all the details. Yeah. But it, you have to get your own. You have to get a separate publisher. They, you know, there's things you cannot do as an independent developer with yeah. Japanese publishing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was one of the things, a connection I made at GDC last year. Um, but also uh, Joggernauts, which is another game that's PC and Switch that's local, that was yeah. made by people from here. Um, that came out a year ago-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember exactly when. That just was released in Japan. Right. Yay! Uh, they, oh, that's they, so cool. they found a publisher as well, and they, they got that going uh, uh, pretty well. And I think it's doing pretty well. I think Tommy on Twitter said it was selling okay. So Sweet. that's nice. Um, and that's one of the other advantages is we, we self-published our game uh, here uh, and in Europe and you know there's lots of pitfalls with that of course mm-hmm. um, and that means that your reach is limited right is right. You, your game can only do so well until it does really really well yeah right and um, um, but when you uh, partner with a publisher you get your door a couple doors are open and and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I don't have a lot of expectations but it's nice that it's somebody else's problem yeah and <laughs> and that we'll just see how it does mm-hmm. um, but I hope it does well because the partnership I've had with them I've said on the show before has been very good I hope it does well for them so that they actually make the money that they of the effort they put into it because yeah. they did put in a lot of effort for the game to help us just in general QA tons of stuff so I, I, I hope it does well for our sake but also for theirs cool. um, so that's exciting so yeah that's coming out in March uh, I'll you know uh, uh, if I know the date exactly I'll put it in the show notes by the time we post um, but otherwise yeah it's exciting exciting stuff yeah so we've um, unlocked the Japanese version of Widget Satchel. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow, first transition of the new year and you stole it from Martha. <laughs> yes. I was I had forgotten that that was my job. So uh, good job, Stephen. I applaud you. Sweet. New, new king of of transitions. No, I don't want to do them all. <laughs> we, we all have to help each one. other as we get the whole show back on its feet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my topic is Unlocks. Um, we've been talking about this for Fingence because, as I've said in other episodes, we're trying to release it this yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do appreciate every time I say that. You're so excited, right? <laughs> um, yeah, Unlocks, you know, they're pretty useful. Uh, the, I think the, the nice thing about Unlocks basically is like it spreads out contact or content so that like players you know have more things to do mm-hmm. um i think that that is like i think it's like kind of one of the bigger reasons um but also like you can create like a difficulty curve for the content that you have um a mm-hmm. lot of like puzzle games you know you start out with like maybe f- the first five or something and you can pick any of them but like once you finish uh the that first five then uh, you'll unlock the next 10 and they get more harder or add more uh content or add more complications and stuff to the puzzles so like um this allows you to create some form of a difficulty curve as you go from the first levels to the last levels um, instead of like, because it would be a crappy experience if the first experience you had with the game is the, one of the more difficult puzzles or whatever. Um, that's not great. Um, and then it also can motivate players to keep playing. I know that like I tend to keep playing a game. If like, I unlock a new thing, I'm like, Oh, this is an exciting new piece of content that I can mess with. Um, I wonder how this works. And then I'll play it a little bit longer. Those kinds of things are valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but they're not seen very often anymore, which I think a lot of that is due to like DLC being a thing now. Um, you just so buy it's the pay to. <laughs> yeah, you just pay to unlock stuff instead. Yeah. Actually, I, there was a weird transitional period of time where like you could pay to unlock the things that you could regularly get if you just played the game a bunch. And right. I guess you could still do that with some free to play games. Like if you play it yeah. enough, you'll like be able to get enough currency to purchase whatever it is. Or you can just buy it outright with cash. Um, and developers who did that were like, okay, we want to monetize and for all the reasons we want to. Mm-hmm. But this seems like a fair compromise. But then ultimately, that is the, the, the solution that I think gamers hate the most. Or feel is the most... It's paying to, to unlock things? Things that you could normally unlock by yourself. Because some players are like, oh, I want to earn it. And then this player just bought it. So when you stack up against each other yeah. or, um, you know, or you're making it too hard to unlock it. So you're, you're constantly in the back of my head. You just buy it. You just buy it. You just buy it. Yeah. Whereas I think there was it was a um, as as much as any monetization strategy can come from an honest place, mm-hmm. which you've, if you've heard me talk about in the show before, I don't think there's a lot, <laughs> a lot of room for that. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I feel like that was that style was something like, oh, that's that seems OK. That yeah. seems best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the it's the version that people hate the most, mm. I think. Well, so there's I think there's that. Uh, oh, boy. Now we're talking about microtransactions. But <laughs> slide aside, um, uh, 
uh, I think there's that that's, that people are frustrated with, but there's also you know the pay to win kind of things. Yeah, where, like you yeah. can purchase uh, you purchase a boost that makes you better than players you haven't gotten the thing. Right. I think that's what people hate the most, and it's I also not true, a good yeah. design game design strategy. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think like most modern games don't do that. Like purchase a uh, purchase to unlock things that you could get through regular game unless yeah. they're like microtransaction-y things. Yeah, I don't think you see it anymore. But it did happen in Near Automata. I think oh, it yeah? was like a stink that they were brought up about it. Like uh, you could, I think you could purchase to what was it? Unlock certain endings? Or oh no, you could purchase to get all the achievements in that game. That's what it was. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's, that's kind of funny. I know, right? It's kind of the best. <laughs> Do you get an achievement for doing that? I don't like, think you got an like, achievement for doing it. Big bucks person or something. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let it rain. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. There, I, there are rules. I mean, on Steam, you can do whatever you want. Uh-huh. But there are rules, the console makers, of, on what you can what you can lock behind an achievement. Yeah. And and buying one, it, that seems like a fun comment. Like I would like to see that in a console game as a comment on that feature, necessarily. Uh-huh. But I think it's verboten <laughs> in, yeah. in, well, in a lot of platforms. You could unlock the achievements regularly, but you, just, you could purchase them as well. Oh, that's in why. addition to yeah. Oh, okay. So that scripts around it, whatever rules may exist yeah. about that. That's mm-hmm. interesting. But I remember people were uh, complaining about it for the exact same reasons you were bringing up, Mark, and that like people wanted to earn the achievements, and if anybody could just purchase it, then what is even the point of these things? Yeah. I, I my my point is maybe a little different than that, which okay. is partly because I'm not a competitive gamer yeah. necessarily. But if there's something I could get by paying for it, mm-hmm. but I could also get by earning it, then while I'm in the process of earning it, in the back of my mind, I will always be thinking. I can just shortcut this. Yeah. I can just put down a dollar or whatever right. it is. Mm-hmm. And that is a distracting and annoying feeling. Yeah. I don't want that. Sure. I don't want that gnawing at me. Okay. Even though I'm not likely to suffer from it. Because I think most, like we've talked about it before, most people don't buy microtransactions. Yeah. But like having that in your mind all the time is itself bad design. Sure. I think. Anyway, it's a little different, but you're totally right. People are mad because like they want they want it to be a fair they playing field. They want their thing to matter. They want yeah. their unlock to matter. So like it makes sense that that's the case. Yeah. Um, at any rate, yeah, it's generally not a thing. You now are unlocks are generally not a thing anymore. You, you buy them. Uh, yeah, like, uh, but uh, also, like, a lot of games just come up with free updates. Like, we're planning on, you know, uh, we were talking about adding content to Widgets mm-hmm. in the future. We did the same thing with Treasure Stack. We added updates to it, and they, people didn't have to unlock that content. Right, right. They just earned, or they just earned it by having purchased the game already. Yeah, and the motivation for the developer, at least certainly in our case, and mm-hmm. for Treasure Stack as well, is to make the product more appealing to the people who have not bought it yet. Yes. That and right. getting people to keep talking about the game. Right, and so people who have bought it, then suddenly now they have, oh, the game I bought already is better, I'm more likely to tell other people. Yeah. So, speaking purely from a, like a profit motive, there's a reason to give to make updates for free. Right. Um, but of course, I think a lot of the reason people do it is that they wanted those features in, and just as designers, they want to put them in. Yeah. And so then they'll justify to themselves that it's, it's practical or, or <laughs> as, as some sort of, it's worth my time. Yeah. A lot of times they just want to add stuff because they wanted to add it before. Right. Yeah, it's very true. Um, yeah, but like that now they are free updates in these, so you don't get them unlocked. Yeah, but level unlocks are still a thing that happened. Like, uh, I mean, you play any new modern uh, Mario game, they still have new levels, and you don't you can't play all the levels from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with most like platformers and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason for that is because they want to control the you know the difficulty curve of things that you don't want to throw players in mm-hmm. um, when they don't have any experience. Um, you know, I didn't. Later level. You're sort of describing like playing classic Mario Brothers with mm-hmm. no overworld. Yeah. Level one dot two is locked behind the completion of level one dot one. Yeah. Which is like I not really thought about it. Anyway, that is exactly the, what that is. Yeah. Right. It's totally in, in in more modern games that have overworlds that unlock these three levels and you can choose which one you want or mm-hmm. whatever. It's essentially the same mechanic. Yeah. Right. It's just it's dressed up a little differently. Yeah. Well, I mean, it also works for like narrative games too. A lot of AAA games, they have like a linear, linear story. Mm-hmm. Like you can go chapter one, chapter one dash one or chapter one dash two or whatever. You don't get to one dash two until you finish one dash one. It's the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's not explicitly said this is an unlock yeah. <laughs> chapter unlocked. You know, <laughs> it doesn't do that, but like uh-huh. you do. That is what it is. Yeah. That is you what boil it, it down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, there are a bunch of different ways you can approach an unlocking system, like uh, different ways for players to actively unlock a thing in your game. Um, there's an achievement-based system where, like, you just do a thing and then you get an unlock related to it. This is how literally achievements work. Um, but also, uh, sometimes uh, the achievements can be based off of like what that character can do. So, um, for example, Super Smash Bros. Melee. I think a lot of them had they had some really weird ones, but like. Uh, I think there were some that were like, uh, play the game for this amount of time, and then you'll get 
this character or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Things um, like that. You what can was do. it that had... It, was it... I'm trying to think of a game that... Is it, was it Smash Brothers? Where mm-hmm. it just counted how many playtime hours you had before it gave you... Uh, Mario Kart 8 oh, was yeah. like that on the Wii U. Yeah. Right? Uh, I think that's the case. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And then the version on Switch just unlocked most of that stuff from the game. There still yeah. are some. It's still, there still were unlocks that you yeah. get, but I think they gave you all the characters or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that's more like a, an experience-based unlock system where like you just play the game and you get a thing just based off of how long you've played it. Yeah. So uh, I have a hard time under relating to that as a player or as a designer. That just feels so like a, beside the point to me. Well, because yeah, because like the avenue in which you're unlocking a thing is divorced from the thing you unlock yeah yeah like yeah if you just play this game like if you're playing single player content a bunch and you as a result of playing single player content a bunch unlock um multiplayer things then like you don't care as a player right yeah um but if it's specific like you have to play two hours of multiplayer to unlock multiplayer content then it makes sense Mm-hmm. then you're more connected to it and you'll be more excited about that content yeah although even when it's fully randomized or unrelated as you described mm-hmm. there's the the surprise of a new thing yeah is probably greater like i'm like oh i wasn't expecting that yeah that has a its own feeling that that wor- working towards the unlock uh maybe robs you of that surprise perhaps mm, so that's I, true that's i mean that's sort of trying to find a way to m- make it give it some value yeah. of its own. Um, the way we did in treasure deck is when you unlocked a thing or when you got enough coins in the game to unlock a thing, it would give you a random character or grapple yep. to use. Um, and all of those are our cosmetic um, features, but like mm-hmm. you could still use those things, you know, as you wanted, but it was random every time. So like if I were to do it and I got the Cyclops, another player might do the same thing and they'll get like the golem or something. And right. Get the right. Same characters. Um, and so, like, it is a surprise, but, like, if you really want, like, the, the Shih Tzu uh, dog that we have in the game. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I do. <laughs> <laughs> then, like, if you don't ever get that character, then it just, it kind of sucks. Uh-huh. Or, it'll, or it'll take a while and it'll feel like a grind. Right, right, you know? right. Um, so, yeah, there are different benefits and uh, there are benefits in, to, uh, to each of these different kinds of systems. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, the achievement-based system makes it feel like you're connected to the thing. The thing you're doing is the thing you want to do because you want to get this thing. Um, and so then you'll get this thing and it makes your content better, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas like the experience-based thing, you doing something can unlock something separate, can be, uh, can make it so that like maybe you're introduced to more content. Like if you're playing single-player content and it unlocks multiplayer content, that might inspire you to play multiplayer stuff right um, right just like you know get you to do more things outside of that um but it could also be that like it, it feels disconnected from what you're doing and like you might not even care about it so it doesn't motivate you to play things or play more of it at all um actually now that i think about it the way the treasure stack worked was more like a loot box system in that like you earned enough thingy you did enough stuff to get random things Mm-mm. right 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 but it wasn't loot box in the popular imagination version yeah. of loot box you don't have to literally pay money to get random thing you yeah. just play the game a bunch mm-hmm. to get random thing but also even in a game that, is, that uses loot boxes that are outside in real world currency yeah uh, that still requires more user action than what you're describing right but it had that randomization so there's hybrid systems yeah right? oh yeah, yeah totally yeah this is a uh, and also, I'm defining all of these things. These are not official definitions. I'm just saying that now. Well, just looking the way you have them listed here, I think this is a pretty good uh, taxonomy for people to use. Yeah, you know, yeah. Adopt it. So, yeah, another yeah. another option um, you can have is like a currency-based unlock system where like you get a certain amount of things and then there's like a shop you can do to purchase like a new character or something. Um, and a lot of free-to-play games kind of do this too, where they'll give you like two different kinds of currencies and you can put money to get the better currency or like you just play the game a bunch and you get regular currency and then you can unlock characters that way. Um, but you can are- also do like I'm reading taking this to also mean things like yeah you get points like magic points and then you right. can put those in your character tree and unlock that's like- yes exactly it yeah like you'll unlock you can unlock more skills and stuff as you per- your character progresses um and this is a good way to like get people to pick what they want to purchase and like it works for um it works for like you know they get to pick what they are interested in but it also works in like a progression system in that like you can give them the simple content initially and then once they understand how the simple content works then they can pick what they like about the simple content and improve or add to that content yeah Mm -hmm. Um, so that's also really good to have Um, and then like there's also new game plus which isn't really an unlock system per se but it's just like it's really more like an achievement based thing you 
finish the game. And so now the second time you go through it, you can get new content uh, to encourage you to play through the game again. Um, so like one example that comes to mind immediately to me is if you play through uh, Zelda Wind Waker, uh, the first time the first time you go through it, there are some of these creatures that like speak in some uh, language that you, you can't quite understand. But the second time you go through it, then you'll be able to you'll see that in English, uh, which is kind of cool. So those kinds of things can be nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I guess like those are the unlock systems that I came up with for this. <laughs> um, well, well, it's good to think about it in like you know, whether it's your system that you developed or mm -hmm. one that the, you listener can describe for yourselves. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, I want to do an unlock when this happens, this happens. But like start thinking about it in the context of how it works in other games. Mm -hmm. And so you can have that what players are expecting. Ex are expecting. Right. And do you want to subvert those expectations? Do you want to um, make it easier on your players by just adopting in a system that they are totally familiar with because yeah. to you as a developer you're not interested in making something super unique and so uh, uh, it helps you know how much work you actually have to do yeah. in terms of the UX of the yeah. whole thing so mm -hmm. it's useful to have a system and I think yours is a great one that I think people can start from yeah. to help them understand how they're thinking about their own designs right and it I mean it helps to think about it how like the, the player will approach this thing too like how they'll see this system and how this system will affect how they keep playing the game yeah yeah mm -hmm. right because looping it back into the actual experience of play is something i think maybe uh, developers don't think enough about right but like finding a system that works with your existing mechanics and can reinforce each other can make it feel all more of a piece yeah exactly mm -hmm. so we've been thinking about this with in relation to fingence yeah um and i don't know we've been kind of back and forth on what kind of thing we wanted to do we were thinking about maybe doing a treasures deck ish thing, except instead of unlocking a random character slash set of augments, um, after a certain point you would get a set amount. So like everybody would unlock Sparky at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, but all another thing we were thinking about, and I think we originally like when we first started working on this version of the game, is we were thinking about having it so that like you did a you uh, the achievement based system where you did a thing. If you uh, completed a level without taking any damage, you unlock Sparky or something like that. Um, and I think now we're leaning more towards that, actually, because of when Hyperdot, which came out very recently. Uh, my brother worked on that game. It has all of the different levels um, and stuff. And so, like, as you beat levels, you unlock more things. And I was encouraged to keep playing through the game because I kept unlocking more stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you um, mean the variance? For multiplayer mode, or what, no. are, what are the unlocks? Um, well, yes, in, in, in Hyperdot, you just unlock literally more single-player levels to go through. Right, in groups of five, is it? Uh, yes, so if you complete four levels, every four levels unlocks you five more levels. So right. like you can skip some levels. Yeah, so if one's giving you trouble, you don't have to do that to get to the next batch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that, like, having all of those levels and keep getting, I uh, kept getting new levels and new content, um, I kept I was encouraged to keep going through the game up till the end when I got up, I finished all the levels and stuff. So I was thinking that would make sense for Fingence. And actually, uh, my brother and Lane also were feeling that way, actually due to Hyperdot. So <laughs> that ended up working out really well. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think we're leaning towards that. Um, we definitely want to make sure that like we have some form of an unlocking system, though, because like some of the characters that we have in the game are complicated. Like Sparky, I know that Sparky, <laughs> Martha, is a huge fan of Sparky, <laughs> is a is a very complicated character for somebody who has just started playing the game, especially because like she has her own uh, input system and stuff that is unique to mm -hmm. her. So if someone just picks that randomly at the beginning; they might not have as good of experience until they understand the game a little better. Yes, and then so you want to find a natural becomes way. Her, your, their favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you want to find a, a, a logical way, a logical reason to withhold that choice from the player. Right. And not just because it's harder to use. Well, yeah, I mean, right? that's an aspect of unlocks that I didn't bring up before, is that, like, what what content do you have characters players unlock? Mm -hmm. Like, you can't just... They have to have some form of content, right? So you got to give them some the base kind of thing. But, yeah. like, if you want them to unlock things, what kinds of things should they unlock? If you want it to be a difficulty curve kind of thing, then make your harder characters come in later. If you want it to just be more content, um, or like the the things that you do unlock is um, is not necessarily more content. It's just like a cosmetic thing, like it is in Treasure Stack. Then it doesn't necessarily matter how you unlock those things. Just mm -hmm. like just maybe that is the motivation to keep doing it. Um, things like that is something to consider. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what our considerations were for treasure stack i feel like a lot of actually that stuff was probably made those decisions were made before i started working on the game because like we had that um pseudo mobile 
web browser version of it that yeah. like had that unlock thing, had that unlock system, mm-hmm. and it had like loot boxes. So like that, the unlocking system is based off of that. Um, but with Fingens, yeah, we're thinking about we're thinking about having like characters unlocks based off of achievements. I think specifically because like it gives players um, motivation to like try new things in the game. Like if they are able to beat the campaign using one particular strategy, um, having an unlock system um, would encourage players to try something new, try something different. Yeah. Um, and so they get they can see more of the breadth of the game that we have in it. I guess that's what achievements do too. Yeah. Like I don't like achievements because it feels like a separate system that has nothing to do with your game. Yeah. Whereas yeah. an unlock kind of ties the two together, right? Yeah. In a way that works for me. Well, with Widget Satchel, we did achievements because you couldn't talk me out of it. But, <laughs> Basically. <laughs> but I was very careful to make sure that they were ones that did not go against the reasons you don't want them in there at all. Yeah. And, and had, so there aren't, there's no complete level two, get a thing or whatever. Yeah. But for Fingens, are you just not going to have them? No, we're going to have achievements. Okay. But I think that the achievements. You're giving in. I mean, I, I'm outnumbered. I'm the only one who doesn't <laughs> like achievements in my group. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that we're probably going to, a lot of the achievements are going to be related to the unlocks. Okay. So, yeah, like, if you unlock Sparky, then, like, you'll get Sparky! <laughs> it says you unlock Sparky. Yeah. Um, I think that's our plan. Yeah. Uh, though we haven't really talked specifically about, like, what things we want players to do in order to unlock certain things. Uh oh, that's the <laughs> that's the next step. <laughs> In terms of implementing it, I don't think that unlocks are that complicated. Oh no, now he's done it. Uh oh, <laughs> uh oh. Oh man, what? first he wasn't wasn't really sure what? how it was gonna work, you know? <laughs> but it'll totally go in fine once we figure it out. Yeah. Wow, that's like those are the two worst things you could say. Vengeance coming twenty twenty. Um, well, um, what about unlocks in other games? Like, I don't think we have, we don't really have any other than achievements. We mm-hmm. don't have any unlockable content in widget set for right well, now. Well, the doohickeys. Yes. Yeah, you can purchase those. That's right. Yeah, that's true. It is interesting because you, the way you said it, I'm like, oh, that's totally right. And then you said doohickeys, like, oh, that's totally right. <laughs> it is kind of how you look at it's it. It's like right? a shop system. It, yeah. It's currency based. Yeah. You, know, you, you, you get widgets and you buy the, those and then they, they help you uh, access more areas of the game. Right. Um, but that's such a core to the mechanic that it is interesting that to think about it in terms of unlocks. Mm-hmm. But like, that is, that is what it is. That is right? what it is. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that when you find socks and trinkets, uh, they have no mechanical value. They're just collectibles. Right. But you do get to wear the socks. You That's get, true. So you unlock the ability to to wear w- whatever socks you find yeah. um, throughout the rest of the game. Mm. Um, and so that, that counts in yeah. a sense. It's just achievement-based. I guess now that I think about it, you also unlock the... Um the, the the narrative of the game like the different like, if you go to the consoles there's different right consoles. like re- yeah boiling it down like you were describing sort of linear it is a similar the thing ultimately yeah do a thing get a thing yeah right mm-hmm. yeah um but yeah it wasn't um uh, uh doohickeys is probably the main thing is, right is, is that's is, more is, content is purchasing uh a power-ups to to explore the world a little bit more yeah that's mm-hmm. i think the main unlock mechanic in terms of really hitting all the buttons for a system like that and even that like you wouldn't necessarily describe it that way all the time, right? If you were thinking about it through a different lens, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, we don't really have any. We weren't talking about any plans about like unlocking a new character or a new skin for Sprite. No, or like you know we're gonna add a co-op mode, but we never yeah. thought about like you need to beat the game to do it. Right. Or we talked about a new game plus very early on, and they quickly nixed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like one of the things we have talked about that I kind of still want to implement is that once you beat the game you can then start a new game with all the socks you collected mm, yeah. just so you can wear the later socks in the earlier levels yeah. um, that just feels sort of like more like a give it to the player because it feels cruel to deny them that yeah sure um, and some of our more interesting socks are later in the game yeah like <laughs> global un- sock unlock yeah <laughs> 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 we just call it sock drawer <laughs> like yeah <laughs> that should just be a, tr- a cheat code sock drawer yeah I like that <laughs> Um, that's another kind of unlock mm-hmm. cheat codes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't bring that up, but yes, cheat codes are. I but guess that's cheating. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and we don't advocate for that here in Nice Games Club. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, please cheat. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, like that's a. It's a different kind of thing. I think cheat codes are. They're not really a thing anymore now. But like right. back in the day, they were like fun little extra things that people up down left down yeah. Yeah. right right. <laughs> 
Um, right, there were Game Genie style ones that were like essentially ROM hacks. Those could break a game. That, right. That, <laughs> so they'd give you extra lives. So uh-huh. just give you something that the game already has. Right. Or they would like swap sprites because the, you could move memory locations. Yeah. And there wasn't something that the game had any con- concept of. Mm-hmm. Then there are sanctioned cheat codes that are like invincibility mode. Yeah. Which is not anything the game that allows you to do normally, but is a cheat code like a deep, uh, uh, like a debug option or whatever. Right. We do have that in Widget Satchel. Yeah. So if you have a copy and know what buttons to hold down for how many seconds <laughs> you, can, you can get at that too um, well that's the point of those uh, I think that's the original point of cheat codes is that like so people could debug things and they didn't have to go through all of the content yeah they just, yeah. Did, they just put in the cheat code and then go to this thing mm-hmm. um, so but then there's some that are just uh, unlock things that you would unlock normally yeah that are not like invent not 30 extra lives like in Contra but just mm-hmm. one extra life yeah. that you could have otherwise picked up yourself right. and there are some other cheat codes too like big head mode you don't need to, you need to debug <laughs> <Right>. that <laughs> <laughs> that are just like fun features that are too silly to put in the menu yeah exactly right? yeah those are great mm-hmm. indie developers are always talking about, let's bring that stuff back but no one really ever does it it's because it's work it's extra effort and it's yeah. not it's normally not huge payoff and not a lot of people see it right so right? yeah so it's yeah but that's the concept of unlocks in general is like how much do you gate behind something knowing that only a percentage of your players will ever see it yeah that's a really big question yes especially because like yeah often i think I forgot the exact percentages of it, but like, I don't think a lot of people will get past like the first few levels of your thing. You should like check, um, a steam, like you should check the steam achievement list for games because like a lot of times, like the first level chapter will be like 65%. Then the second one's like 35% and it just mm-hmm. keeps going down from there. And on steam, 65% being the first level is a pretty high number, Yeah, even yes. though it seems kind of small because uh-huh. a lot of people just leave things in their library. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's, um, that's yeah. Like I, the, the, Main difficulty about unlocks is that like a lot of players will not see these this content that they would normally. Yeah. Um, I guess on another hand though, like oftentimes players don't play through the whole game anyway, so they probably won't see the content whether it's unlockable or not. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's something to think about too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, Martha, in your notes, your copious notes on Grandma Crime. Yes. What do you think about how the progression works? What kind of unlocks? I could see all sorts of different knit hats. Yeah, yeah so I was thinking is is mostly cosmetic uh, uh, unlocks, like yeah. when you beat a level or whatever, like go like you do the crimes, you get the the stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like weird hats yeah. and weird bandanas and stuff like that. Yeah, I would totally that would be oh, totally man. cool. Can you eventually get to the point where you just have like a leather jacket, but you're also <laughs> grandma? Yes, and all of your crimes are just. Man, we gotta get this game made. Uh, <laughs> Wanna help me? <laughs> yes, actually. Yeah, a little bit. Well, um, uh, I'll, I'll have to talk after this. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, that sounds like a good uh, direction. Uh, is cosmetics for Grandma Crime? And I guess it sounded like you were thinking there would be like different levels, so you would unlock levels and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, like like you would do the easier ones first mm. and then unlock new levels to do. You've described the game as mission based. Yes. Not open world or anything but. No yeah I was imagining it like payday except not with the terrible pay to win unlocks. Speaking uh-huh. of gameless <laughs> I have terrible unlocks. Like that's the reason we don't play that anymore is mm. like all these things were it became pay to win because like mm-hmm. people would just pay to have all the best stuff and you're like well mm-hmm. cool. <laughs> well you have a story reason for some of your unlocks if they're handmade grandma knit sweaters and stuff you can't buy that yeah exactly right exactly you gotta you, you gotta, gotta wait you gotta do the crime and <laughs> have the grandma knit it yes. the time. <laughs> while they're doing the crime yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you have your gang of grandmas they all pull up in a 1973 econo van oh my god and one of them stays behind to knit the unlocks yeah yes. with the rewards oh that's cool. and then when everybody comes back they get a new patch to commemorate this particular crime <laughs> yes i love it oh, oh cool. my god yeah oh, i want to make this game <laughs> uh what about metro nexus Do you have uh, unlocks in that yeah so um the single player mode which is you know uh i've talked about since the beginning of talking about single player on this show years yeah. ago uh, it still remains as just the notion of an idea mm. that's going to be built out and that now is when i'm starting that work okay yeah but um 
the idea is, is that you travel across the world um, right. and each city has a certain number of stations that okay. you need to repair. Mm-hmm. But also, in you enter the city through uh, at one station. And that's the, that's the station that connects you to the Metro Nexus that connects the whole world. Ah. But there's another station that lets you continue on the Metro ne- Nexus. Mm. So the goal of each city that you enter, and it looks like a subway map of a city, mm-hmm. and like the uh, Minneapolis, which is a mini, mini, medium-sized city in the game, has six stops. Um, like uh, Mexico City, which is like the largest uh, sized one, mm-hmm. um, or Tokyo or New York. Those are the largest ones. They have 10 stops. Ah, okay. Seattle and uh, Helsinki, they have four stops. So th- there's a range, right? Yeah. And um, you, you enter through one station, exit through another. And if, um, and if a lines of the Nexus travel multiple through them, there are multiple exits. So that's the background. Okay. But the idea is, is you just have to get from city to city. Yeah. So you don't actually have to beat all the levels. Okay. So that right. that's the way that it works there is that you can it, but if you do beat all the levels, you get at least in the statistics you get a kind of an unlock like you did it, right? Oh, yeah. A badge or some some manner. In terms keys of keys to the city. That's a really good idea. <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah. Something representative that lets just marks that you've done it. Mm. Um which is should be good enough for like viewing stats later on. But I've have thought about like what that means to the player. Like um there's also efficiency thresholds for each station. Do you complete it in this level of efficiency or time? Mm-hmm. So those are the two metrics by which I keep high scores is how fast and how efficient you can beat a level. Yeah. And efficiency is an interesting mechanic. I don't really get into it for this context. But um, once you re- go those below, above those, that's all, all this is about replayability. Yeah. But I can also tie it into a system of unlocks that are, could be either cosmetic or it could be, this is what I've been thinking about. You were describing unlocking multiplayer features in single player or vice yeah, versa that's yeah. always been the unlock plan for metro nexus ah. the multiplayer uh game uh it's single screen battle mode four players right and then you have a different style that you can choose for the each city has a different style my thinking is that multiplayer if you just out of the box buy the game play multiplayer you only get the one basic style okay you have to play single player and once you complete the city then that style unlocks in multiplayer. Oh, cool. So that motivates cross-play between those two different modes. Yeah. That's always been my idea. I'm pretty... I do need to do some testing to see how that feels to people, mm-hmm. but that's really what I've settled on. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm open to adjusting it if it doesn't feel good. Um, that's what I've been thinking, but I'm, I'm, I wonder where the threshold should be. If you just reach a city, should you get the unlock? If you pass through the city, do you get the unlock? If you do all the stations in a city, do you get the unlock? Mm. Do you uh, reach an efficiency threshold in a percent? Like, I honestly don't know what the right feel of that is. Yeah. Part of me wants to say, as soon as you reach a city, you unlock that style. Like, that feels pretty good and not frustrating, but sure. also there's not a ton of achievement attached to that. My my first instinct is to have it so that you complete a level in a city and you unlock it. Because then you have experienced it and you're like, oh, this thing's kind of cool. And then you finish the thing and then it's like, you've unlocked it in multiplayer. And you're like, oh, that's nice. That's interesting. What yeah. ties that is that once you've seen it yeah. in single player, it is now available yeah. Okay. And so that that has a lo- logical notion to the player as yeah. it, well, it makes sense. That's the thing I think the developers have to think about with unlocks is mm-hmm. like sometimes randomness and surprises are great, but if you can make the player go, "Ah, of course." Yeah. Then I think you've done your your job. Right. And also you can curb any dis- any um uh criticism of against how easy or hard it was to get that yeah. if it makes sense. Yeah. Right? So I like that. That's a great idea. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally using that. Okay, cool. That's where I'll start. <laughs> okay. And we'll see how people think, but oh, I, yeah. I I like that quite a lot. Sweet. So that's that's been the plan okay. for that game. Yeah, that sounds like. But a not plan. a ton of cosmetic stuff, no extra colors, uh, anything like that. I, yeah. I I do want to keep it kind of simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a big fan, uh, and you've heard me talk about on the show before of cosmetics anyway in mm-hmm. video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly not cosmetics you pay for or unlock. Yeah. I, I like less and less the closer you get to spending a dime on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but just generally, I'm not. I'm like the game should just look like how it looks. But it's a huge motivation to get new fun stuff and hats and things. Right. Like uh, I, it's just not the game I want to make. Sure. That's, that makes sense. Hey, listeners. Special message here in the middle of the show. Follow us on Twitter, why don't you? We don't talk about it a ton. We say it at the end of the show. But, like, we really want to ask you, follow us on Twitter. Why? We've got three reasons. Three solid reasons. One, Dale, who does our Twitter account, is cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's right? true. First number one reason. Yes. That's why it's your list number one. <laughs> Dale is cool. Second reason is very specific. We have a, a recent tweet example. We're going to put in these show notes so you can see a fun thing that Dale put on Twitter just to prove to you <laughs> that Dale is cool yes. and puts cool stuff on Twitter and that you should follow at Nice Games Club. Uh, third reason is more Nice Games content. So yeah. hear things from us, uh, retweets of great game dev Twitter content that maybe missed your timeline, curated by Dale, who checks it for a couple of criteria. One, how valuable it will be to players 
how funny it is to her personally, <laughs> and if there's a cat in it. <laughs> yeah, if there's a cat, it's automatic. Those are the criteria she uses <laughs> to determine if she should retweet us up on the official Nice Games Club uh, account. Uh, the three of us here in the clubhouse now, we also have access to it, but we do not are not responsible for its content. <laughs> it's, it's all Dale, and the reason it's good now and wasn't in the past is because Dale took it over. Yes, very true. So, at Nice Games Club on Twitter, please follow us, send us a message, or just a follow is good too. Um, we really appreciate that. Martha. Wow. Do you want to, um, you, you think you can handle a transition? Oh, no. It's been a bit, I know. Okay. Uh, no, that's <laughs> making it worse. That is definitely making it worse. <laughs> Um, well, that's our show. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am totally blanking. I'm so sorry. Well, that's okay. We have a new king of transitions here in the clubhouse who uh, might be able to swoop in and take it. Yeah. Clearly, uh, you're ready with something. <laughs> so after you've... Uh, uh, so Steven's got nothing. <laughs> so what do you say we just get into the topic? Martha, yeah, what is your like, topic today? You know, my... So my theater teacher always said, said in high school that, you know, if you can't do something funny, just do the exact thing that you're going to do without a joke. And so my topic today is point and clicks, a case study. Um, Sweet. <laughs> um, and the reason why I wanted to do this is because uh, I have been playing. I finally got around to during our hiatus buying and playing two point and clicks that I've been wanting to play for a really long time. One is Mutazione and the other is Later Alligator. Later Alligator. Um, both of them were at XOXO, the conference I went to in Portland in September. Um, one of the, their featured games in their arcade and I thought they looked really cool and then I finally have gotten around to playing them. And what's cool is because they're both point and clicks but they're so different from each other. Like it's, I wanted to talk about them because uh, you can take you can have a, a genre of games, but the games in that genre can be like implemented totally differently. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because the themes of these two games are kind of similar. Like they're both kind of you're like both of them. You're helping somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very dialogue based and there's like fantastical and kind of creepy elements in both of them. But like the way that they do that is like, just makes it feel so different. Okay. Um, so I think I'm pronouncing this correct, correctly. I'm pronouncing it the Italian way. (laughs) (laughs) Mutazione Uh is, uh, uh, about, um, you play this girl Kai and she's going to help her grandfather on, this island that he lives on um, and the island had some terrible disaster happen in the past where everyone has become kind of mutated uh, oh. and it has like like there's one character who just looks like a cat now <laughs> okay <laughs> um, there's there is a um, a person who is just uh, their name is Jella and they are a, a uh, sentient fungus person <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> Um, and various other, you know, things have happened to people. So, uh, all the, like a cast of co- kind of kooky characters. Um, and your grandfather, uh, or Kai's grandfather is kind of a, like the, the town shaman, uh, and like medicine person, but now he's sick. So, mm. uh, the whole island has kind of gotten off out of balance because of that. And your job is to plant gardens that make music that, put things back in balance <laughs> it's a weird game all right it's a very weird game but it's so good okay cool <laughs> um and what's cool is because like that whole premise is kind of about like bringing balance and and making a like nature and harmonies um with the plants and the songs and everything uh-huh. uh and with between the characters like there's all this drama happening uh they call it a kind of a soap opera and that's kind of how it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and they like the way the art is and the way the music is kind of like ties into all that. So like the art is all um, very flat, like it's all kind of blends together. Mm. Um, it's all just co- like shape colors and shapes okay. um, like as if someone cut them out of paper and then was putting them on. Um, uh and then, so everything kind of is like about blending 
together. Um, and then, uh, and there's a lot of times where you can just like let your character stand there and like, like st- little animations will be happening just everywhere and you can't click yeah. on them or interact with them, but like animals will just like crawl out of bushes oh. or like walk, uh, like crawl along a tree or That's like, interesting, <laughs> cause I remember when we played through pajama Sam, uh, well, not through it, but we played a little bit of Sam. <laughs> um, you could, there were like a bunch of little interactable things, and you could click them, and then they would do their things. But this, they just happened in this one. Yes, okay. and like the whole game is geared towards you wanting, like, just being in this environment. And so there's a lot of things that you can't interact with, but like are just fascinating to watch. Mm-hmm. So each garden that you're planting has a different like mood, mm-hmm. um, and so and they composed this the music to. Um, be w- along with that mo- what whatever mood is the garden is going to be yeah. um, and then each plant you plant has a different musical instrument that goes along with it oh. um, so it all kind of like you plant the ones that you want to make the music sound the way you want it to yeah um, yeah it's cool it's very cool yeah. <laughs> it's very cool very creepy but very cool <laughs> uh, and it makes you feel like you're both on vacation and also because it's like this chill island environment, but also like there could be danger or things happening behind, like in the background and all these scenes. Sure. Uh, well, that, I mean, I think that like having the, uh, the things happen outside of your clicks and stuff, uh, give you the player remove some of the agency from the player. Right. And then yes. Not, yeah. Yeah. So like, because so like if anything can pop out of nowhere, then, uh, uh, I mean, then like, you know, it makes it creepier. It makes it more, you makes you feel more on edge, maybe a little bit more horror aspect, horror game aspect. The world yes. is less a machine where you have all the levers. Yeah. Right? Yes. More alive. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yes. Uh, this game is, uh, leading the, uh, nominations at the independent games festival. Really? Um, mm. the grand prize, tons of different categories, and it's competing against one of our pals in the grand prize category against Anodyne 2. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. So, you know, great game, but like we have our favorite. That's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Um, so the other game is, that I've been playing is Later Alligator, mm-hmm. um, which is also point and click. Um, but, uh, it is set in Alligator, New York City, and the soundtrack is super jazzy and chaotic. Like everything is a, like, it, I feel like I've only been to New York a few times, but it kind of captures that feeling of like, oh my gosh, people are everywhere. People are talking <laughs> at you. Yeah. They're going to say what they're going to say. And <laughs> yeah. like, you have to listen to them and they're very like, you know, telling you how it is, you know? <laughs> um, uh, and like the whole, uh, it's all the animations and stuff were done by small boo or, um, studio and their all their animation styles is very like if a character's just standing there they're not just standing there they're like their lines are kind of like always moving mm-hmm. always wiggling like a little Dr. bit Katz? i don't know because i don't know what that is but <laughs> <Oof>. i'm assuming yes <laughs> okay am i is this a thing where we i show how young i am or something a little, a little bit oh, okay <laughs> but everything's kind of like yeah <laughs> just like dr Katz. you should all see what martha's dancing wiggling it's very charming <laughs> So it always it makes it feel like like you know that everything's constantly in motion, mm-hmm. like very contrasting to Mutazione, where everything is still until something happens in the background. Right, right. Uh, and like the music goes along with that because it's always like you know saxophones and like you know. <laughs> well, you described it as jazzy. Yeah, and jazz is chaotic. improv, well, especially if you're talking. Well, yeah, improv. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. And- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, and basically, in the game, you have to go around. Uh, you're trying to help out this alligator, Pat, um, and he thinks his family is going to. He's like, he's afraid his family is like the mob and it's going to you know, off him or whatever. The alligator mob. Yes. <laughs> um, so you have to go around asking people about what the event is that they're planning for tonight. Um, and like everyone you talk to is somehow related to the family. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they make you play a ton of video games or not video games, like 
What am I trying to say? Mini games? Mini games. Mm. They make you play a lot of mini games that are based on other video games. So, like, there's a Flappy Bird one and a, like, a bunch of card game ones. Uh, There's, uh, and they're basically, like, making fun of all these different genres. Um, And the whole game is kind of, like, tongue-in-cheek. Like, the, like, Pat is like, well, you know, we'll take, uh, I'm going to call you back at 10 10 a.m. Make sure you're, you're ready and, you know, not totally distracted by tons of, like, game-like uh, tasks that people make you do. <laughs> um, and, yeah, but there's also, like, a lot of, like, you know, fortune tellery people and, mm. like, they're, like, abandoned subway stations and kind of, like, creepy things there, too. Mm. But, like, you feel way more safe than you do yeah. is because... Well, the way you're describing game, this game, it sounds like it's a tongue-in-cheek sort of thing. So, like, every... Like, if anything were to happen that would be weird, it's probably something funny, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's a comedy. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's almost like the the Muppets version of Manhattan, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, so, like, so what what, what are, uh, what would you say are, like, the major differences between uh, the two games? Um, Later Alligator is way more game-like okay. because you have to do all the, in fact, I was kind of annoyed by some of the like the mini games and I wish that had been more because the dialogue is super fun. And I, that's the part that I liked about Mutazione is like, it's all about the dialogue. And yeah. there's a lot of that in later, later alligator two. Also not later alligator two. There isn't one of those, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, because the dialogue was all super funny and yeah. I wanted more of that and less of like more about trying to, because in that game, it's all about relationships also, like mm-hmm. you're building this family tree of like figuring out who is related to who. Right. Um, and I wish that that had been more part of the gameplay and less part, like less of these like mini games that yeah. are very, it, like various levels of quality. Like I, yeah. some of them were super fun. Like this one where you have to, um, like this, one of the cousins' phones is haunted and you have to figure out how to <laughs> like go through all his apps and, and figure out what, what's going on mm-hmm. and that's pretty fun yeah <laughs> but then there's like ones where there's what this one where you have to like you're on a uh doing a ouija board or whatever where you have to contact a ghost mm-hmm. and you have it took forever and i kept messing up and like and i had to do three rounds of that and i was like oh my god if i don't beat this the first time i'm going to stop playing this game (laughs) but the character i was talking to was super interesting and Mm -hmm. had a mystery about her so yeah even uh like big big games that do mini games fall through that same trap right mario odyssey was that way where a bunch a couple of mini games were just not fun (laughs) and it's like but it didn't really reflect badly on the whole experience but i do remember not liking those parts yeah or zelda uh, uh, breath of the wild especially has tons of different weird things that try to leverage the existing mechanics and a lot of them are really clunky yeah but like fine whatever Mm -hmm. whereas this is just it, it like the whole game just it sounds like it like uh, put on the brakes and then you do this now. Yes. Right. Yeah. Which, which kept you from what was more interesting at that moment. Yes. That's, that's what I think. I mean, some of them were like, some of them like really told you about the character who was having yeah. you play them. Uh, like uh, a lot of the card game ones were really funny. Cause <laughs> I'm not going to spoil. I've been spoiling too much already, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, the card game ones are pretty funny. Um, and like telling you about like who the person is and uh, and their personality, they show it to you rather than tell it to you, which is really cool. But they didn't um, all rise to that level. Yeah, yeah. And the ones that didn't are like, do you need this other second cousin in this game? I don't think so. I don't. I don't care about this one. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, okay. Yeah. So what about the puzzles in these games? Like when I think of a point and click game, I think of frustrating puzzles (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's interesting because neither of these had the traditional point and click puzzles okay so i guess you like it better already yeah (laughs) yeah it was more about dialogue so they're kind of more like visual but they're they're not because you still have to do yeah there's not like you don't have to do like trading with so and so and so and so but okay the they're story-based games kind of but mm-hmm. I would still call them point and clicks. Yeah. Was there a lot of backtracking? Like, because um, that's what I generally think of is less about the puzzles, although that ends up being a core part of that. Mm-hmm. But the idea of like going to a place and it and it being 
not the last time you see it. You come back six or seven other times, either to pass through on your way to something else or to finish a puzzle or do the middle part of another puzzle or something. And like getting a real sense of the geography of the whole space. Mist is like that. Um, it, there was a bit of that. Yes, uh, especially in Mindot Zione. Like yeah. you, well, both of them actually, because mm-hmm. you're like exploring in the later alligator, you're exploring the city and you have to like, go to these different places and talk to different people. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to play it. Like I'm on my second playthrough now because mm-hmm. I didn't get th- to all of the, you can't get to all of the family members in a single playthrough. Oh, sure. Um, and with Mutazione, it's like you're going through like a week in the life of this island. And mm-hmm. so you have to go back to places and be like, okay, what's happening here now? Now that it's, you know, afternoon on Monday or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and like, what is Jella up to? And <laughs> stuff like that. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and like but they didn't have like a complicated inventory system the way these older games did oh um not the same way in mutazione you have uh seeds Mm -hmm. and you have to like the puzzle in that game is figuring out because each seed could only be planted in certain places Mm. and it has certain songs that like mood songs that will make it grow faster and you can't plant this one next to this one because they're like not compatible or like this one poisons all the thing around it, so you have to put it in its own thing. So you had this encyclopedia that you had to keep flipping back and forth between, but like, okay, what seeds do I have? Okay, I can plant it here. Oh, in my garden, there's no spot for that, so then I'm gonna have to move this one around here. Mm. So that was kind of the that sounds like old school point and click. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you love that. Yeah, it was very fun. <laughs> cool. I would love to see a point and click that uh, Stephen, you, and Martha love equally. Ah. I wonder what that would look like. Well, this later alligator one kind of sounds like it because it's got jazz in it. So that it it, it it papers over all of its other flaws a little bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I'm not excited about like random mini games either. So I don't know. Later alligator is I, I'm attracted to it because it looks amazing. Oh yeah, because like it, it's, it's done from cool. traditional animators. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a little worried that it that it leans on that, but just from your description, it sounds like that's not so much a problem. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think they're writing carries it a lot too okay. like it's they're pretty funny people <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah yeah uh well that's what you said ultimately the story is what was the most interesting part yeah yeah and okay. i wish there was less mini games more story <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> if a game like that if it really was just a, a half an hour like cartoon um what would you think of it like would it would it have all the things you like or or would it be would it miss the thing that playing it gave you well i think i think i don't know if i would have liked it if it was just a cartoon okay. because the the cool thing about it is like there is stuff to discover and like dialogue trees to go down and mm. and uh like i don't know finding the secret items hidden places and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that so it's more it's so, and that speaks well to it um it's a lot of visual novels uh uh tend to be you could just tell them and there's nothing wrong with that um but i think that keeps some people away from them i suppose but this sounds like it's not just the story and the story branches it's the it, actually the first person experience of it yeah because it does feel like exploring and mm-hmm. like of the two later alligator felt like it was homaging a lot of the things that i like about ah. uh like pajama sam like there's yeah, some yeah, specific yeah. things so i was like hmm i feel like <laughs> they played pajama sam for this part but okay <laughs> uh um so I don't know where I'm going with that, but yeah. I feel like if I were if I were to get into a point and click, it kind of sounds actually like Muta Zioni. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I uh-huh. have no idea if I am. Okay. So um, we're we're even on that one. <laughs> well, that game I feel like is also up my alley in that like I really like that idea that like you get to create your own music based off this mood, but it's based off of these puzzle the puzzle of like figuring out where the seeds go and stuff. That doesn't that like all the rules are given to you in a way that like it feels like you're really solving a puzzle game, which I could get into. Um, but it also sounds like it's creepy and scary. So <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's like it did. Like I also hate horror games, right. and it's not a horror game. Okay. It's just there's some there's some scenes where you're like, ooh, that's spooky. I can understand <laughs> why people like spooky games if they're not a sen- like like it there's was, no actual threat of being scared. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good then. <laughs> I would say it's, yeah, it's a little bit more, it's a little bit, and like, it makes you 
more invested in taking care of all these people mm-hmm. and not like, mm-hmm. oh no, I need to turn this game off. Sure. <laughs> like, well, I think like the strength of point and clicks is that there's they generally speaking don't have a lot of gameplay mechanics. So like uh, as a player, you can just focus on the characters and the narrative, uh, you know, of the game. And you mean like Twitch mechanics or because a lot of them are like heavily mechanized experiences. Yeah, that's that's fair. It's just not nothing. There's no stress of in the moment pressing the right button. Yeah. Well, and the the mechanics, hmm, I suppose, like, I guess the way point and clicks work a lot of times is like the mechanics are much more focused on talking, telling a narrative like uh, the way that. um. What's it? What's it called? They have the tentacle work. Mm-hmm. Is you had you had all these um, items and you had all these actions you can do with any of these items, right? Yeah. But like, so in game, like if you wanted to grab a thing, you'd click. I don't know. If, I don't remember if grab is an action, but I think you'd click the grab yeah, thing yeah. and then click the thing and it would grab the thing. Right. It was verb noun was the structure of yeah. those games. So yeah. contextually, it made sense, and so like that narratively, uh, mechanically, it marry the two things together. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think that like a lot of the strengths of point and clicks is that is the the you know being able to combine the gameplay and narrative of a thing together in a way that makes sense Um, sometimes because of the limitations of the point and click thing is sometimes it doesn't work in that way and then like you get to the point where like you have those difficult point and click puzzles that i don't like where like there's a very esoteric thing you need to know in order to solve this problem or whatever right there's the the basic mechanics as you describe are so intuitive yeah because they are just a machine to do something that you would want to happen right right you literally say go over there and pick that up yes right you don't actually have to do anything there's no button you have to press to make that happen yeah there's no way you don't nothing to understand you Mm. just that's there's the button to do it right um and then where it fails as you're describing is when that ease and intuition starts to demand more of the player than you were expecting to give to the game yes that yeah that in like um because of like the because you have all of these different actions that are intuitive when there are actions that are not intuitive it Mm -hmm. is difficult as a player to turn your brain into the, the to change your brain into doing something different right, with the right. game. And I think that's why I had an issue with like Day of the Tentacle and other point and clicks where like most of the time you're like intuitive, oh I'll go find the metal. I click the metal, I got the metal. But sometimes it's like you need to go what's the car wash one or whatever. So the, the one you'll always bring <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know, um um when that comes up then uh like that's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. It sounds like both of these games do not have that aspect like uh the intuitiveness of the mechanics it's very it's very stringent on that like the mutazione game you you it sounds like most of the gameplay is the puzzle thing where you're trying to figure out where the seeds go is that correct mm-hmm. and okay. talking to people oh and talking to people mm-hmm. of course um and then in later alligator it's mainly talking to people and then you do the mini games to like understand how these people work and those are contained yeah yeah, yeah. okay and yeah yes so yeah. thinking of that as a designer um, Martha, you've got point and clicks in your big notebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what do you what do you take from these two designs? What what works for you? What was fun to play, but maybe you wouldn't want to do yourself? What ideas do you want to steal? Yeah. What, you know? Um. Well, I really liked. I think the type of game I want to make is way more mutazione like than later alligator like. Okay. Um. Just suppose like for gameplay reasons, but mm-hmm. I do really like the aesthetics of later alligator a lot. <laughs> um. And like the humor. Um, yeah. About it and like, but I think both. I want my game to be similar to both of them in that they really like make the pl- like the world that they're in so alive and like give you the feeling of that world really well. Like both yeah. of them like all their aesthetics all their thing went all their art and music and gameplay and writing all went towards like making you have this more of a feeling than like anything else yeah um and so even though my game won't uh, when i make it someday (laughs) um won't be like either of them uh i want it to be like that like all of that we feel that cohesive like right. these that same goal but yeah. your style and your narrative and your world yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. well yeah. that's that's i think that's where i was trying to lead I and mean, I, I think i got off track when i was talking about <laughs> it. Um, but like the way that point and clicks can work is that like uh because of that focus on mechanics and stuff they can tie in a lot of the narrative and a lot of the art and a lot of the, the all of that stuff into one theme in a way that works so like day of the tentacle is all about humor so like all the cartoony stuff and stuff works for that game um and like these two games that you're describing also work in that way, right? Yeah. 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 
Yeah. So yeah. like that's a that's a strength of point and clicks that maybe um I wouldn't have come to the conclusion of without this case study. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Cool. Well, case closed. <laughs> Brilliant transition. You got it back. Got there again. Hey, that's our show. Uh, if you liked it, uh, head to your favorite podcast app and leave a five-star review. And hey, tell all your friends too. If you're interested in any of the topics we talked about in this episode, and I know you are, be sure to check out our website, our brand new website, nicegames.club, for more show notes and links to resources. Like when we playtest our games, we're always looking for feedback on the show also. You can go to nicegames.club slash feedback to tell us what you think about how we did, what you want us to do in the future, any of that nonsense. Let us know, nicegames.club slash feedback. You can get in touch with us on Twitter, at NiceGamesClub, where Dale tweets game dev resources and pictures of cats, or by email, contact at nicegames.club. Ask us questions and give us suggestions for topics. So... Until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. That's a spoiler. <laughs> That's the plot of the whole or the before arc of the, whole the event story. Yeah. happens. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, <laughs> we you should want me cut to ble- that you want out. To bleep that spoiler. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you figure it out pretty much right away, but <laughs> it's very obvious. Yeah. But um, as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.